Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I was just about 16 when I, when I went. And after playing in a game against Newcastle, I was asked if I would like to stay on and be a professional footballer. Hello and welcome to another episode of a Footballer's Life podcast. We kicked off the series last week with Conor Howrahan, probably the informed Irish uh, international at the moment. Graham Cummins has got plenty more of those lined up over the next few weeks. We've got great episodes with the likes of Mark Kinsella and Dara Murphy coming up and a few others as well. This week we have probably the informed Ireland women's international at the moment, Grace Maloney, Ireland goalkeeper. Grace has been in remarkable form for Reading, regularly featuring in the WSL Team of the Week. She won her first competitive Ireland cap in the qualifier with Germany before Christmas, having initially been, been part of that golden generation of under-17 girls that reached the, um, the European Championship final in 2010. I suppose it's been a slow uh, rise for Grace, in a way, to, um, to number one jersey with the Irish team. So we talk a little bit about that. We talk about goalkeeping in general, how it's evolved, the difference between uh, women's goalkeeping and men's goalkeeping, a bit about where her improvements have come from in recent years. She talks about how she's gained confidence. We talk a bit about her, her, her Irish background and how it was always Ireland she wanted to play for since she was a little kid. And we talk a little bit about Vera Powell and where Grace stands now in the Irish setup and what are her ambitions from here on. Have a listen. Thanks very much, Grace, for joining us. No worries. We have an important bit of business to get done first. Um, can we claim you as a Tipperary woman? Because we have a severe <laughs> shortage of Tipperary I mean, Irish internationals from Tip. <laughs> my dad's mad monster anyway. So, yeah, I'd probably say Tipperary anyway, but my nan wouldn't be too happy on that. But, yeah. <laughs> your, your, your granddad is from Tipperary. Is that right? Down, down yeah, Shoreside? Yeah, and my nan's from Cavan. Okay, yeah. We had Shane Long as a as a Reading player as well for a good few years. Yeah, so. yeah, I met Shane a few times. Uh, lovely guy. Not here anymore. I wish he still was here. Get us a few goals this season and try and get us up. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what? Go back along. Was it always like when you were growing up? Where was the ambition to play for for Ireland? Or obviously, I mean, growing up in grew up in Slough, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Would England England would have been on your radar as well? I suppose. Well, like to be fair, like I like I'm obviously from a massive Irish family, and and my dad's the the main football man in the house, and he's just mad mad Ireland. So it for me, like I always had the kits and everything like that. Like I was invited to England camps and and stuff like that, and even now, like get tweets saying, "Oh, you do a call up, you do a call up," and. I te- I'm just sending them like tweets back with with me with my jersey on or the flag holding the flag and I'm like I don't, I don't want one. So for me, no, it's always it's always been Ireland like since since I've been playing anyway. Yeah, you've put on your social media some some lovely pictures of you in an Ireland in an Ireland shirt growing up. What what age were you around then? The one I put up after I got my my uh, debut. Yeah, I reckon I was about six six or seven. 
I think the jersey actually um, is looser now than it was back then. It, it was a bit <laughs> tight then. Yeah, yeah, and that was great. Like, so you I mean it was obviously it was a big t- it was a big deal for your family to get the the, the Ireland call. Yeah, like it was it was it was absolutely massive. And even like uh, after the game against Germany, like obviously the the result was was what it was. But like just the messages I was getting from all my family over there, like everyone's just scattered across the country. Like my uncles in Cork and my cousins and my cousins in Dublin, like Drada and up in Cavern or whatever. Like it's just. It's a massive deal, like for for all of us. Like every time, every time I get called up, like. But ultimately, for me, the the gutting thing about being being called up to play for that game was my dad couldn't be there. Um, of course, yeah. So like he he comes everywhere. Like when we when we went to the World Cup, he was in Trinidad. Like he was in Ukraine when in the qualifiers up. Like came to Greece and just he just comes absolutely everywhere. So for him not to see that, like I Facetimed him. Like when I was telling him that I was starting, like I found out just before we left to go for training. And um, like I was like, I was buzzing, but I didn't want to tell him. Like I was trying to think of a good way to tell him that I was starting because all week I was like, oh no, like I'm not starting. Like so I got to got to Tala and I was on the pitch after training. I sort of FaceTimed him and I was like, oh dad, like I, I just want to show you the pitch I'm playing on tomorrow. And he was like, no way, no way. And I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, I'm absolutely buzzing VR. And like, my mum just said all the next day, he was just so nervous. Like he was barely talking and everything like that. So that was probably the only thing I was, obviously with the result, but like, that was the only thing got in about that, that night. Yeah, you sounded, you, you, you sounded kind of a bit emotional nearly in the interviews afterwards with Tony O'Donoghue and stuff. They were, they were very, it was, it was an overwhelming kind of experience nearly. Yeah, not, yeah. Not that it showed on the pitch, you know, in fairness. <laughs> Thanks. I was obviously like, I was absolutely delighted to have played and with him not being there and everything like that, like, it, it has been my absolute dream, like for absolutely ages to, to start and getting one of them team photos with the likes of Katie and Denise and, and stuff like that. Like, but yeah, no, I was really emotional. And even when the national anthem was playing, like I was stood there, like I could feel that like my eyes well enough and my mum was like, he was crying. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> it just honestly it just meant the absolute world but it came across I must say it came across in the interviews like how much it, how much it meant we'll come back to the Ireland stuff in a while there I'm just going to touch on I mean you've been in every time we every time we, we look you're in the team of the week at the moment um, <laughs> in, the, in the WSL how many how many at this stage at least three I'd say I think from from the Barclays one I think it's four sorry, um, sorry. and then yeah, there's yeah. just other different websites that do ones like that as well but but yeah. it's been a great it's been a great season, hasn't it, so far for you? Uh for me personally, yeah, it's probably been been my best season today. Um for the team, like I feel like we're struggling a little bit in terms of like attacking wise. We probably like two of our our most consistent players attacking wise out with illness and injury. Um so yeah, like we've drawn a lot of game um that we should have won. Um but them girls are coming back now, so hopefully like towards the end of the season now we can pick up a, a few more wins rather than draws and on on a on a, on a personal level you think is there anything particularly done different or what would you put down to or you, you say it's probably the best consistent spell I suppose of your career so far maybe is it? Um, yeah like so for me like I just think I've just started focusing on every little detail like I've got this this thing here is called a whoop and it focuses on like your heart rate and your sleep and your recovery and 
and everything like that. So I think this has been like a, a massive thing for me this season. But just in terms of like the lockdown and when the season got ended and stuff like that, like it was obviously hard for everyone. Mm. But I just think you've got to like use it in the best way that you can. And um, like, up, like I don't live too far from from the goalie coach and uh, one of our outfield coaches. So I was doing like sessions with them. And like, I remember doing a session and I was training with one of the girls, Farah, and uh, another girl, Brooke. But when I was trying to pass the ball to Farah, if I missed her, I was awful for the rest of them because I was thinking, oh my God, I've got to hit Farah, I've got to hit Farah. That's the great uh, England international Farah Williams, of course. But if I didn't hit Brooke, I didn't care. <laughs> like my coach was just like you don't care if you don't hit Brooke but you care if you hit Farah and they just get worse and worse and worse he was like you just need to understand that people make mistakes and you just need to deal with it you just need to put your hand up be like yeah yeah sorry sorry um, and just get on with it and like just since then like I just feel like my game's just changed so much and just him helping me with like just forget it just leave it G like it, it's it's such a boy mentality in terms of like if they're passing to each other they just don't care if they don't hit it they're just like oh they're going to get it the girls yeah. are just like no I've got, oh my god I've got hit her I've got hit her um, yeah. but yeah no I just feel like I've drilled that into my game and I, I think for me as well like life experiences in terms of like stuff that's happened like within my family and stuff like I just like I love coming in every day I'm the first in I'm the last to leave like I want to focus on every little detail like I want to do extra and stuff like that like see a nutritionist and just it's how I can make myself better and how can I go from okay like I'm starting every game like I'm I feel like it's my best season to date. Like I've got my first competitive start, but now where can I go and yeah. how can I get there? Um, and to be fair, like the coaches here are brilliant in in trying to write KG, you're there, but like how can we get there? Like to, to the next level. Um, but yeah, like I just feel like all them them factors have played a, a massive part in in my form to date. And it's, I mean, it's obviously vital in the goalkeeping position to be able to put the odd mistake behind you. Pretty, pretty inevitable you're going to make one or two along the way. Yeah, so, so we played Man United, not the game just gone. The, I think it was before Christmas. And one of the goals, I went down way too early, way too early for, and it, like, I just, right, it's done. Get the ball out of the goal. Like, we're playing, we're playing, we're playing, we're playing. We ended up losing 2-1. I came in like, girls, yeah, poor from me. Like, I'm really sorry. Like, whatever. Like, we were off the next day and I went to my goalie coach. I was like, I can't be off tomorrow. Like, I'm going to have to come in and you're going to have to hit 50 of them where she's hit that ball from until I just stand there and just... Because I, I went down too early and I was like, I'm just going to stand there and if you hit it in my face or whatever, I'm just going to stand there and we're just going to do it 50 times and we can go home. And to be fair to him, he's first class, like... He was in and we did it and then we just went home. But you're right, they happen. It's how you deal with them within the game. But for me, I had to come in the next day because I was just, that's not good enough. Yeah, that's a great attitude. For people who, who don't follow it closely, Reading have had big results against some of the bigger teams this season. You've beaten Manchester United, who are challenging for the Champions League places. You've drawn with Arsenal, drawn with Manchester City. Conceded probably what only, only maybe one, one, two goals between those three games. That almost gives you a lot of confidence. I mean, you're playing there with some of the best best players in the world. Yeah, for sure. Um, but then, like, that's great, and like, we'll buzz off them them kind of results. But then when we came up, come up against teams that are in and around us, or or maybe below us, like we're not getting the wins that we should be getting because we have the players to get the wins. So 
like as good as that is, it's frustrating because when it comes to playing them other team, it's not that we don't turn up, we do. We're just not submitting our chances. So yeah, no, them results are great, but but still need to be better when we play in teams and around us. What is the general feeling around um, the WSL this season? Is there a bigger buzz around it noticeably than in previous seasons? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Like attracting the likes of obviously uh, Harder and, and Sam Kerr and, and having the quality that's already here. Like like Fran, I grew up with Fran and like I know like firsthand what she's capable of and I still, still think there's so much more to come from her. Hopefully she can stay fit. Um, that's Fran Kirby at Chelsea. Fran Kirby, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, the buzz is massive and I just think like obviously Chelsea are... Uh, are right up there in Man City but I still think like Everton this season have, have kicked on a bit and, and even Man United had a great start and uh, I just think every year it's just stepping up stepping up hopefully like it doesn't become the top four and the rest of us like hopefully like we can all like keep stepping up together like all the team that's what I was going to ask you yeah there is that danger isn't there of the of the top four kind of drifting away from the end is it inevitable that it's going to drift that way or, or how do you think you can how do you think the women's game can avoid kind of falling into the same sort of pattern that the men's did yeah it's a good question like because I, I know there was going to be I don't know if it's in place or going to be a you have to have a certain amount of players from the UK or something like that. It, it was talked about. I don't know if this actually is. But I just think for, for us, obviously, Reading being a championship side and you've got Bristol and Birmingham and stuff like that, to get the funding that we get in comparison to like the likes of Man City and Chelsea and, and like that, for us to still be in and around the top four or five, I think it's brilliant like, for the club to back us in, in that way. Are you all full-time pros now? So I'd say the squad is, but then obviously we get the youngsters that that come up to train and and like fill in the numbers for like the 11 v 11 stuff like that in training. So yeah, like all of us are, but then you'd get the the young ones that come up that that wouldn't be full-time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How long have you been full-time? Is it in recent years or were you, have you been full-time since you came, since you first broke through with Ireland? Um, it's a good question. I'd say maybe eight years. Yeah, yeah, about eight years. Because when you, because we obviously when you report for Ireland camp, you're dealing with like half the squad are are not are, are semi pro, not even semi pros or amateurs really. Like they're they're yeah, training twice twice a week in Ireland and trying to do the rest on their on their own. I uh, I think they do like that home based sessions and stuff. So when they're not training with their their club, I think they go to, and do a a session. So all the girls come up from there their different clubs and do a home-based session that was one of the things that was put in play no like all the girls are always in great condition when we go in and, and uh, obviously well capable of keeping up with the standard of, of play are you, and you signed a new contract course yes yeah, last few weeks contract. so you're yeah. staying staying for another two years staying forever I've been here since birth staying forever yeah like well, how long have you been there now how long, when, when's the first time you, you rocked 17, up to the club 17 years I think it is maybe 18 years wow I'm due a testimonial and I'm yeah. really due too so I'm gonna <laughs> you get I'm not signing anything else until I get one <laughs> yeah 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 well, you grew up in Slough isn't it what, what kind of a town is it, is it is it more like the Slough from the office or is it uh, I heard yeah it was... there that's it everyone asks me I try and say I'm from Windsor so you've done your research so I can't tell you I'm from from Windsor because obviously Windsor's like a nice area like but no yeah Slough's like I don't know I don't even know how to describe it yeah 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 but you're obviously not keen to venture too far away from the place anyway. you never never tempted to, to move further afield obviously I, can't, I, I went on loan um, to Villa for a little bit um, yeah. obviously I was still contracted here but, but went on loan just to get some game time but no I'm a, I'm a 
I'm a proper home girl. Like I love being around my family and, and the last couple of years, like my nieces and nephews and stuff like that is just, and I love, I love being here. Like I love, like I've grown up with the manager. She's been my manager since under 10. So it's not that I'm comfortable. I just know that she'll always push me and she believes in me and she sees like potential in me. So it's just yeah. nice for me to, to, to know that she's like a big sister, really. That's great. Um, Maybe just a bit about goalkeeping. Like a lot of the, the kind of narratives we hear about, about um, women's goalkeeping is that the standard's not good enough and blah, blah. And you even hear it in the debate, the goal should be smaller. Even someone as like Emma Hayes, like well-regarded in the game as her, uh, suggested yeah. it should be smaller. Um, you had a very, you had a much more interesting take on it, I thought, last year there. I, I was reading an interview with you where you talked about the different approaches, even between the Ireland camp and your own camp in Reading, where... But there was one approach where you you have a more sort of female approach to goalkeeping, and then there is a more traditional approach to goalkeeping. Where you, um, I think you suggested that in the Ireland camp you have a more traditional approach where you 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 come out further and you close shots down a bit more. Whereas at at Reading you stay back a little bit further and guard against the shot over your head, which is a bit more inevitable in the women's game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was when Colin was there, and we had a goalkeeper coach, Jan Luca, and he was from. Germany so he taught a different style of goalkeeping whereas I think he was more based around like the men's game and stuff like that he was brilliant like in in terms of like being a a modern day goalkeeping coach if you like Mm. um but here I've got Craig and he's been around the women's game for for a couple of years so understands that like for me personally I'm not springy. I don't think any goalkeeper in the in the women's game is a springy, like gonna claw one out the top corner or anything like that. So yeah, for me personally, I have to be really footwork based. So I have to work a lot on on quick feet and and getting there with my feet rather than being powerful and explosive over over that distance. Um, but yeah, I think I think with that it comes down to to your goalkeeper coach, like. I find it harder being with a goalkeeper coach that's not into the modern style of the game because I like one of my biggest things in my game is my distribution. So and I think like 85, 80, 85% of a goalkeeper's game now is is their distribution. So like that for me is comes back to like when you look at Man City, Pep didn't like Joe Hart, but Joe Hart's probably, in my opinion, a better shot stopper than Edison. But Pep wanted someone that's better with their distribution side and it's, it's paid off for him but it, it comes down at the end of the day to what the, the the management wants really i suppose yeah so working with your feet would be would be one of your key ass attributes i suppose yeah 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 like playing out but so we do like we got we sat down last season and we were like i was like right okay like i feel like my area that i need to be not not better, but I, I need to keep working on to, to be a massive strong point of mine is my footwork because someone that gets there in one step, for me, it might take three steps to, to get to the bottom corner, for example. Yeah. Um, so that was just something that we, we we work on religiously here now. So there is, like, there has to be, I suppose, an, an adaptation in the women's style to guard against certain situations which you can't, which you can't possibly save. Yeah, no, I like, I, for me personally, yeah, but I can't speak on behalf of, for example, like Carly Telford at, at Chelsea. Like, I think she's probably one of the only goalkeepers that I look at and I think, oh, actually, you're quite springy. So she might not necessarily look so much into doing our footwork. She might look into more like explosive stuff. 
Mm. Um, but in terms of like the distribution stuff, like the diving, the the high balls and the punches, whatever, spreading, blocking, like I think that all just stays the same. Like I was going to say, you must have, have a great spring because I mean, you're giving away a few inches to the likes of Maria Horan, for instance. I mean, you would you wouldn't be certainly the tallest keeper in the WSL by any means. No, yeah, I'd say I'm probably one of the in the middle, maybe. Yeah. Mid bottom. I think when you when you get a goalkeeper in the women's game and that's tall, it's, it's it's rare. Like Emma Byrne was tall as well. Yeah. Um Emma Byrne's my idol, but like I, when I used to be in training with her, I was always just like this, like not <laughs> yeah. and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, no, like I, I wouldn't say like it is a massive weakness or my it's definitely got better. Like I can always improve it and I work on it every week, but it's still working alongside the footwork as as well as everything else. Like Sure, sure. So then, just on your Ireland career, how how did you get started with Ireland? Was the FA back in? I mean, you were in the, the golden generation back in two thousand and ten. Yeah. Like, was the FAI recruitment that good that, that you were spotted over there, or how did you come to the attention of um, of the FAI back then? When did you come in first? Under fifteen. Under fifteen. Yeah, I had Noel and Harry, Noel King and Harry Kenny, Sharon Boyle. Um, I I actually can't. I actually don't know how it came about. Um, I just remember going to my first training camp in the in the AUL and we had a game. I think it was against the boys on the on the Astro there. And then just from then we just progressed into training towards our, our first qualification campaign. And we were in Slovenia at the time. I actually don't know how that came about. That's actually a really good question. I'll ask my dad my dad. Yeah, I need to find that out. And then the big the big um Big tournament in 2010, which is a landmark tournament for Irish women's football, really. The, I mean, yeah. getting to the final of the Euros and only losing to Spain on penalties and uh, quarterfinals of the World Cup, only losing to, to the eventual winners. And you've got we've got so many players from that team. It's amazing, isn't it? I mean, there's like, what, Nisa Sullivan, Megan Campbell was there. Uh, Rihanna. Rihanna, Kira Grant was there. Um, Claire Shine. Claire Shine, of course, yeah. Harriet Scott was there, I think. Yes. Um, yeah, well, yeah, yes. Like seven or eight. Like, how would you, for starters, what was the experience like? And then, like, how come we managed to get such a good crop and keep them together? Like, what, what do we do right? The, the experience was just, was mad. Like, even the, the first phase, like, in Slovenia, I was thinking, oh, okay, like, we'll do all right, but I can't see, like, because I remember that before that, we had a tournament in the Algarve, and I think we played, like, two US regions and I think we lost both the games so like obviously going into the the qualification then and you're thinking oh god um we had Slovenia I think we won 5-0 then we had Turkey I think it was two or three then we had Denmark and Denmark like obviously I think they're quite a a big name in women's football to have them like decent players and I think we beat them 1-0 so then we go to the elite and I remember it being in Ukraine and I remember it being about 12 o'clock at night and there must have been fireworks outside. And I remember everyone just running into the hallway, everyone thinking it's gunshots outside. So it was a great start to that anyway. But then we had Ukraine, Poland, we drew Poland. And in the last game, we had to beat Sweden. And um, I think we had a penalty that Rihanna scored. And then I could see Megan Campbell behind this free kick, right? The wall's here, she's got it here, and she's just stepping to the side to look around the wall. And I'm thinking, if you want to make it any more obvious, like, but she literally just bent it around this wall and it's just gone straight in. And then obviously we go to, to Switzerland then for the finals, and then she gets another free kick. 
and she just, it just swerved. I remember being straight behind her and it just swerved. And she hates me talking about it. I always say to her about it and she hates it. She gets so embarrassed. And then obviously we lose on penalties to, to Spain, but that was an unbelievable, it was so hot, but what it was such a good experience. The amount of fans that were there and the flags and that was just incredible. Yeah, I mean, it was it was it was a great start to to your life as an Ireland player, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, hundred percent. And Noel and, and Harry, I, I always go on about them, but I love playing under them. Like Harry, Noel would have the game plan, and you'd know exactly what you were doing. And then Harry would just be the right, we're going out there and we're giving it everything, and just it just got everyone up. Like everyone was just firing up when we spoke, yeah, they were brilliant. They were brilliant. I love playing for them. Yeah, how big a part of, of that, you know, you kind of, the traditional motivational approach of a male dressing room, does it work as well in a, in a women's dressing room? The women's one, what he did, he, he was <laughs> he was incredible. He just got everyone firing. He was just so, like, enthusiastic and just like, listen, we're giving him nothing today. And he was, he was absolutely brilliant at that. Like, he'd get everyone up for anything. Yeah, and like, and tr- throwing the old teacups at halftime. Do you know what, like, I think, because I've obviously never been in a male dressing room, in the women's game, I think you have to think a little bit more about who you're talking to. Some people can take being shouted at, some people can't, some people can in certain situations, like maybe in the changing room, maybe on the pitch, it's different. Like, But I think you have to be more aware of who you're talking to definitely in the women's game. Or is it easier coming from a, a female coach, maybe? Like, easier, yeah. Like, could, yeah, could, could a female coach probably go a bit harder on you at halftime than a, than a male coach? Yeah, I'd say so, because you'd probably, you wouldn't then turn around and be like, well, he doesn't know how we feel, or he's not doing this, <laughs> or he's not going through this. So, like, yeah, I think you'd have your back a bit, your back's a bit safer if, if it's coming from a female coach, definitely. Yeah, Um like it was all going well. You were under nineteen player of the year. You were making your debut. You made your senior debut in two thousand sixteen, replacing your your hero, um, McBurn, on the Cyprus Cup. Yeah, I think she was. I can't remember why she she, kept, she was coming out later in the week or something. But yeah, it was literally the day after my birthday, so it was like the best present like I could have like ever wished for. Um, but yeah, that we lost to Austria, but it was just, it was incredible. It was such a good, but again, like my dad didn't come out to that because obviously we just thought Emma was going to play every game. It slowed down for you then in terms of Ireland. I mean, 2016 you started and you've only made your third, got your third cap against Germany lately. What would you, why the delay? Like, what would you put it down to? <laughs> no, I actually couldn't tell you. I, like from, like you had Sue and then you had Colin and then you've got, Vera now like with Colin Colin was always like really straight up and honest and said he wanted a tall goalkeeper so you just knew then like I'm not taller than Maria I'm not taller than Amanda Budden like I just knew then like that's like it's fine like just okay um with Sue like like I don't know like Emma was still playing then so Emma yeah. Byrne obviously being Emma Byrne like you're not gonna drop Emma like she's brilliant she's played at the top her experience is is massive um, and then with Vera, Vera obviously has her what 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 she wants her goalkeeper to be like or to do. So I don't know, like maybe I just never never had the the window, the opportunity until obviously December. Well, maybe like when at the start of Vera's campaign, it could have been different. Um, but maybe she didn't want to change too much. I actually can't answer that. I don't know that the answer to to that question. Of those, I mean, obviously you 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 can accept it for. 
to a certain extent, Emma Byrne was gonna be was gonna play for Ireland until she she dropped nearly. I mean, until she yeah. was not yeah. able to play anymore. She done yeah. so much. Um, like it must be hard to hear. We want a taller keeper because there's, that's something you can't actually do anything about. I mean, you can, yeah. you can if, if somebody tells you, look, I want you, you're weak on your left side. I need, to, I need you to improve on that. That's something you can go and fix, but you, you can't really add a couple of inches. That must have been the hardest part to hear, was it? Uh, yeah, like for sure, because you like to be when Colin came in, he just dropped me completely because I wasn't taller than three that he could pick. Um, so that was obviously like like hard at the start. Um, and then eventually, I think Marie got injured, so everyone just got moved up one. So like, I think he only took two. I think it was Amanda, Amanda, and Marie. And then obviously, I think Marie was injured, so Amanda got moved up one, and I came and sat on the bench for Amanda. Um. But yeah, like it is, but you can only focus on what you can do and, and how you can kind of like, if you like, get get his attention, like by playing well or whatever. So I remember when I got called in, he, he was, I think he texted me when I was at a hotel when we were staying away for, for a trip against Man United and we ended up winning 2-0. Two, two so it was a great buzz to go from beating Man United 2-0 to then going into a camp and everyone being like, oh, like it's great to have you back and stuff like that. But yeah, no, we ended up winning four 0 I think, and Amanda kept a clean sheet. Played really well. So obviously, I'm I'm really good friends with Amanda. She was it was me and her on the under eight and stuff. So I was really happy for her. Then what what has Fira brought? I mean, what what she like to what she like to deal with as a manager? What 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 she like in the um, Obviously, Vera is like really really new for me. Um, I've only been in for with her for for a couple of times. Obviously, with the whole Corona stuff and. Obviously dropped for for that camp and stuff like that. Um, what she bought? You better be careful now here because um, I know I did I, I interviewed uh, Saoirse Noonan during the year and um, I noticed in the next press conference Vera um, quoted some of the interviews. So you got to be you better be careful. She keeps an eye out on all these things. So, uh. Yeah, no, she she put um, an article out about me this morning and she messaged me about it and I haven't messaged her back yet to be honest. <laughs> I, I like listen I'll be honest and and like I found it took it really hard being dropped because at the time I was the only goalkeeper playing so for me at the minute I have a really mixed view on the last campaign so for me like a massive negative was being dropped I didn't get it I didn't understand it but like it was what it was I had to deal with it and had to deal with it the best way that I could and that was for me putting in performances where like they then had to be like okay well wow look what she's doing so then after that like she dropped me I then played Aston Villa and we won 3-1 I then played West Ham won and got in team of the week and then played Man City drew and got in team of the week so for me then I was then getting messages being like okay like have you changed your training and I hadn't changed my training but I was actually they were actually looking then that like I was actually performing so then I feel like coming back in then and then starting is the positive side of it. So the yeah. negative is being dropped and then the positive is actually then finally playing. Now you're the, you're, you're the number one, I suppose, so it's up to you to hold on to it. Is that kind of how you look at it? Well, with that, obviously, like the, the article that she's done on, on me earlier didn't make it sound like I was number one. Um, and listen, I wouldn't expect to go into any camp and, and be number one if I'm performing with my club. And, and like, say, for example... Courtney's not playing or Marie's not playing or whatever, then then I'd hope that I was pl- I would be be playing. I suppose you don't quite yet know where you stand, really. Um, I'm going to be honest with that. I've actually found it really hard 
No. Um, my experience is really negative, if I'm being honest. If I hadn't played the last game, then it, the whole thing would be, but because I played the last game, it's negative and positive. It's a massive positive, but yeah, that's just that's just my my view on it. And That's very honest. The World Cup qualification is obviously the next big thing. I mean, what do Ireland need to do to take the next step? It must be huge frustration. I also sensed there was a lot of pressure on you on in the camp qualify. Did you feel that pressure in the last campaign? You know, you're you've all of a sudden you've you've got a lot more attention in Ireland. There is a lot more your 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 role models for a lot more people. I got a kind of sense towards some of those bigger games that there was a lot a lot of focus and a lot of pressure that this was going to be the big breakthrough for women's football. Did you did you think people felt that a bit in the camp and it, it weighed down a little bit in the crucial cup of the game? Oh, well, I wouldn't say that at all. I think we have we have the players that have the experience from big games and step can step up and did step up. Like it was really unfortunate the goal obviously in, in the Ukraine game and obviously Katie and on an, any other day would would hit the back of the net. Like we definitely have the players and I don't feel like anyone experienced or felt like there was any extra any extra pressure. Like we we fully believed that in ourselves that we could qualify and that we would qualify um obviously didn't go that way but like the next couple of months are all about like the preparation and stuff and as long as we're prepared and we're organized going into to september i fully believe that in every game we can pick up a result regardless of who we're playing we have great players like brilliant players and even coming through like ellen and emily jessu like we have like a like a a great squad. I'd back us against anyone to pick up a draw or, or, or a win. But I just think we have to be organised and prepared to the best that we can to be able to do that. And there was a huge lot of positives. I mean, the, the crowds at the home games, the general feeling of positivity around it, a lot more attention around it was obviously... Yeah, for sure. Like, like the messages and stuff, like even before the Germany game, obviously there was no fans allowed to be in there, but there was... There was all like um, posters and messages all around like the changing room and all down the tunnel and stuff like that, which was brilliant as well. Like, obviously you can't beat having a, a crowd there, which I'm sure when, when all this is over, we'll, we'll, there'll be record crowds again. But the support's always been like, been first class. And obviously I've been around the setup for years and it just keeps growing and growing and growing each campaign. Sure. Just briefly, then on the something Vera mentioned yesterday again in her um, one of her press conferences, in terms of the, the kind of the, the search for equality between the men and the women's teams, and how some of the federations now are, are paying the players equally for call ups and stuff. Um, do you believe it should be done? How much would it mean to the women players to be paid the same as the men for a call up? Is it possible in the short term? Should it be done straight away? Right. For me, like I, I feel like I have a different opinion on it to, to everyone else. Like I feel like a lot of people, when people think that women players think they should get played the same as men's players, I don't think that's the case. I just think that people, like one of the girls that's come in here, for example, Jeff, uh, Jess Fishlock, she's she's Welsh, but she plays for a team in, in America. And um, the standards that she's come in and, and demanded, if you like, has been absolutely brilliant, like in terms of just little things that, that we can do better and stuff like that. Um, but I know at the minute she's she's doing the Welsh equivalent of what you've just asked me, so trying to get equal pay for the women's over there and the men. And I know that she was saying, like, like realistically, 
they're not going to get like five grand a game like the fellas do, but they need to have things put in place that prepare them better, if you like, for games. So like having the, the Normatex, which like compress your legs and an extra like massage person and stuff like that. And I think for the girls, I think just having them things there that take it up to the next level of professionalism means more than having, for me, speaking for me, means more than having the same amount of money. Because I don't think it's realistic to, to demand like five grand a game when people aren't even getting that in two months in the women's like league. Like some players, the, 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 the wage thing can go from like 15 grand to like 100. Like the, the gap's just massive, like in the, in the WSL. So I think at the minute, like art, like fighting for, for equal pay, if the gaps like from us getting what like say two hundred pound a game to the fellas getting like five grand a game, like the gaps massive. But I just think in terms of preparing us for for a qualifier or, or a friendly with the best possible like protein bars, if you like, like compression stuff, like the recovery stuff and stuff like that, it's just more important for me than mm. demanding that at this at this moment in time. Yeah, no, I still think it wouldn't. It wouldn't hurt if the men's international team decided to almost lead the campaign for equality between the two squads. Um, I think obviously, like when when with like England and stuff, when they meet up, all, all their girls are obviously like professional, coming from the WSL or, or the league in America. So they come over and they're like they're they're contracted anyway. I think they were like thirty k a year just for the England stuff. Um, whereas when we go away, there's obviously some people that have to take time off work. Mm. And uh, and stuff like that. So obviously, might not necessarily get paid from work. So for me, I just like the equal pay things. Just it's just something I don't even think about. I just think having the the standards and the same professionalism as the men's. Not in terms of like our attitude and stuff. Just the, the basic needs that that we that we require, if you like. And were you were you around the squad for the? The strike three four years ago. So that was Colin's first camp, and that was the one that he, he dropped me from. So right. I was, yeah, I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't in that. But so yeah. have like how 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 much have conditions improved since that? Yeah, like obviously in terms of like we get a tracksuit and that now, and, <laughs> and uh, that was a start, all right, wasn't it? Yeah, that was no. Like obviously you want to turn up and you want to you want to look like professional and stuff like that. Um, obviously getting paid and stuff now. Um, but yeah, no, I do I do feel like the, the, the environment's definitely more more professional. I think we've gone from like here to here. I still think we can go to there with it. But obviously like with the whole like COVID stuff at the minute, it would have been nice to to have a, a camp because I feel like everyone else on the team's gone off with with their with their national team and, and we're kind of like the odd team out if you like. So yeah. I do think it, it definitely has been been more professional since that. Well, listen, you've been you've been great with your time, Grace. Like, where what are the big um, ambitions from now on? I mean, you're only really you're only getting going as a goalkeeper at, at 27. I mean, you can go on for you can go on forever in that job. Um, <laughs> where, where what are the, the big ambitions from 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 here? Um, obviously, uh, like I, I've I've played for for Ireland now, and I just want to want to keep doing that, and I want to be playing and be consistent here. Um, like I don't have any they are basically my, my goals um, but I don't have any oh, I want to win this I want to win that I want to be consistent and I want to play for Redden and I want to play for and be 
consistent with both. So for me, that is my main focus. I'll look at everything that I'm doing in between and how how I can affect and, and do both them, them things. And in this series, we asked a couple of quick questions at the end. Who is your toughest player you've played against and who would have been your goalkeeping hero growing up or your, even your footballing hero, whatever? Toughest player I've played against? Miedemar, she always scores about three or four on me. Um, Fran, Fran Kirby and Miedemar, I'd say. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say Sam Kerr as well because I absolutely smashed her the other year after about 15 minutes and got sent off, so I found that quite tough. <laughs> Can I just say, every time I watch Sam Kerr for some reason, she seems to be missing sitters. I don't know, am I just watching her at the wrong, <laughs> the wrong time? No, I think she took a while to find her feet, bless her, but she's, she's getting there now. She's um, like, she keeps getting in. I mean, she's unbelievable getting into the positions. Like, positions, uh, yeah. No, a lot of people have said that, to be fair. Um, your, your hero growing up. Emma Byrne, hands down, Emma Byrne. Hand, everyone. I remember Denise O'Sullivan batters me all the time when we was on the same camp. Like, She's like, oh, Emma's there, Emma's there, or whatever. But no, Emma Byrne, and she knows that as well. Were you overawed when you when you met her? Yeah, hundred percent. I remember my first camp. Uh, it was in Holland, and it was before we went away to the World Cup, and we were at the airport because I think we landed at Luton, and they went off to Arsenal after that, and I went back to Reading. She gave me her gloves, and I was just like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, she what? It's just an absolute legend that like, she's just an unbelievable presence to have around the camp. Like, I miss her. I miss training with her. She just demanded so much. She was brilliant. Brilliant, Grace. That's a great way to finish. Thanks a million again. No, you're more than welcome. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.